0: Hello everyone, join me, a small medium at large, as we explore the world of spirit, energy, tarot, mediumship, psychic abilities, angels, oracles, paranormal activity and basically anything downright spooky. If any, some or all of those things interest you, then you've come to the right place my friends. I'm Melanie Mahmood and welcome to the Spirit Level Podcast. Hello, hello, we're back. We're back for Series 2 of the Spirit Level Podcast. Whilst both Mr M and I have had a much-needed rest and recoup, we are set and raring to go for the next season of 12 episodes. Thank you so much for your continued support because whilst we've been off air and wowsers, wowsers, we've actually reached the end. Amazing milestone of 3,000 downloads. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. It's been really amazing to see that even though we've had a bit of a break, people are still enjoying our labour of love and the downloads have still been happening. So, thank you so, so much. Back to the break we've just had. We've had an amazing visit to our favourite island of Lanzarote. We got lots of sunshine, lots of rest, and we met some lovely, lovely people as we always do, including a very beautiful and very talented family. So here's the story Mr. M and I went for a wee wander, and whilst at the mall at the old town end of Porta del Carmen, if you know it, I don't know what it was, but I was just drawn to the far corner. It's right tucked in to just on the ground level. So it's the ground level right in the left corner. And tucked right in that corner was an absolute gem, if you excuse the pun, of a crystal and jewellery shop. I just think the energies just pulled me in, to be honest. Oh my goodness, it was right up my straws, I can tell you. And it was full of beautiful handcrafted, really, really different stuff. So lots of shiny things. So we got talking to the lovely young lady who was serving in there and we found out that it was actually her family's shop and it was started by her father and is now continued by her and her boyfriend, who was very handsome. And also her very handsome brother. In fact, they were all absolutely gorgeous. But for the life of me, I cannot remember the names. So old age and Daphnis, I'm afraid. But we had a lovely chat, all about things crystal. And I promised her a shout out on the show. So as promised, a massive hello and thank you to everyone at Art Tagese. In Taguese, Porta del Carma and Playa Blanca, I still love my gorgeous earrings. Mr M treated me to some beautiful Olivino silver earrings. Olivino, or as we know it as Peridot, is Lanzarote's local gemstone, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, so find find them at com If you want to look, we'll put the details on the episode notes. So now, what's coming up in the show? So coming up in the show this week red jasper is the featured crystal in crystal corner there will be some more of your listeners questions and if you would like to, a question to feature as a three card tarot reading then please get in touch with us drop us an email in mr m's menagerie the knight's templar are being discussed in household hocus pocus pine is our featured item this week and in time for tarot the sevens are our featured card so here we go Welcome to Crystal Corner. Now, we've talked about a lot of crystals that are all rounders and we've met loads, but this week we're going to be looking at a very specific crystal for a specific purpose. Now, Jasper in itself is a very versatile crystal and comes in a wide variety of colours. And each colour has its own job of work, as well as carrying the actual qualities of Jasper itself. So it's another good value crystal to have in your toolbox. And that's how red jasper feels, actually, like a proper worker crystal. Now, red jasper itself has a definite area of work and it's based around the lower chakras of energy. As well as promoting calm and dispelling worry, red jasper is specifically all about sexuality and fertility. I use it in both the fertility packs and libido packs at the Crystal Corner store. It's not an aggressive energy at all. It feels very gentle and loving. And it's an enhancing stone, so promotes sexual loving, compatibility and performance. So back in the 80s and the 90s, there was a famous American sex therapist called Dr. Ruth. She was this, or is this, very tiny, lovely little lady who knew absolutely everything there was to know about sex, intimacy, marriage, love, relationships, and was completely unabashed, and totally uninhibited, And this was like the first time that these things were talked about on TV. And that's what Red Jasper feels like. She's the Dr. Ruth of the crystal world. So any energy work required around fertility, procreation and sex, this is my go-to crystal. It's great in crystal grids too for this specific purpose. As ever, we have some on the Crystal Corner store and I'll show you some on the Facebook group, The Spirit Level. Take a look. And if you'd like to own some and put some in your cherished personal connection, then we're be happy to help. it's time for listeners questions what we got this week mr m
1: thank you mel and hello again everyone good to be back three listener questions this week mel okay the first is from hal in gravesend who asks when you do a tarot reading do you stick to the same type of card spread
0: well there are spreads that i personally prefer um Celtic cross is probably the one I use the most because it, it gives you uh, an aspect of every kind of part of a situation but there are specific relationship spreads there's like a 12 month spread I generally ask the person who's who's having the reading what it what what it is that they want me to concentrate on if it was one particular area or whatever comes up or whether they want me to look at the year ahead or whatever but generally there are spreads that I do prefer and, and Celtic Cross
1: is one of them okay good thank you Mel our second question this week comes from Sharon in Blackburn who asks, mm-hmm. what is the best way to cleanse your aura?
0: Oh gosh, right. Well there's there's loads um of meditations that you can use on YouTube. If you have a look at cleansing your aura meditations on there, they will guide you through how you can use lights and how you can use even um Violet flame uh, light, which is particularly strong and very, very good. If you look at Melanie Beckler's stuff on YouTube, she's excellent. There are various ways you can use crystals. You can use visualisation, which is what I'm talking about. You can use salt baths. Um, Himalayan salt baths are particularly good at cleansing your aura. Anything like that, really. Uh, And that's a physical thing, but you've got to still visualise, you know, a negativity is coming off you, even if you're doing a physical thing like having a bath. But uh, generally, the meditations work really, really well. Have a look at Melanie Beckler. She's particularly good, in my opinion.
1: Thank you, Mel. And our final question this week comes from Vanessa in Harlow, who asks, you've mentioned in previous podcasts that next year we'll see a big shift in Mm -hmm. spiritual consciousness worldwide. Mm -hmm. What type of things are you expecting to happen?
0: Well, we're already seeing it. We've seen it this year. We've seen it where where people are standing up now, and they're not having things foisted on them by governments or by organisations or situations. Um, we've also seen a backlash against the banks and and kind of anything that is the system, if you like. Russell Brand talks about it a lot on his YouTube videos. If you're interested in this kind of shifts of energy and shifts of consciousness, he's doing some really good work at the moment on his podcast. And also... Uh, on his videos on YouTube they're really really interesting and, and Russell explains things really really well better than me but uh, he's a seasoned broadcaster but yeah there are some massive shifts in consciousness and so what people are, are realising now is that they don't have to put up with what is the norm what is the status quo just because it's always happened this way doesn't mean that it has to continue this way because it's not working these systems aren't working for forever Everybody. There is a massive inequality in the system itself against a lot of people and people are starting to realise that now. That's how I think things will continue. I think environmentally as well, people are realising that that change has got to happen a lot quicker than it has been. And we are all involved in that as well. So that's going to be quite key too, I think. So just watch for that. I think there's going to be certain people who start stepping forward now. Certainly in the next year, I feel that people like Greta Thunberg on the environmental side, there's going to be other figureheads that start To make themselves known next year, they'll start coming to the fore and that's when we're going to start seeing a bit more leadership and a little bit more cohesion, the demonstrations and the things that are happening against the status quo. So watch and wait, but it's definitely happening.
1: Thank you, Mel. And a big thank you to Hal, Sharon and Vanessa for getting in touch with us. Thank you. If you would like to send Mel a question or have your question feature as a three-card tarot reading, or want to get in touch with us for any other matter, whether it be suggestions for show content, guests, or just to get in touch, then here is how to do so.
0: Thank you to everyone who submitted a question. There are a number of ways you can get in touch with us. You can get in touch with us via email, and the address is thespiritlevel22 at gmail.com. On Facebook, on the groups, search for The Spirit Level. On Twitter, search for thespiritlevel.co.uk. We have a Twitter handle, which is at the Spirit Level U, which is a capital U. On Instagram, search for me, Melanie Mahmoud, or thespiritlevel.co.uk. Or you can click on the SpeakPipe link in the episode notes and send us a voicemail free of charge. In addition, there are a number of resources for you to download and access on our website, totally free of charge, at www.thespiritlevel.co.uk. We look forward to hearing from you.
1: Welcome to Mr. M's Menagerie. Hello everyone and thank you for joining me this week. It's really good to be back and I hope you're all keeping well. Today's topic under discussion is one that has fascinated me for years. I hope you will enjoy hearing about it. Today I will be taking a look at the Knights Templar. Now, I'm sure many of you are familiar with the name, and indeed may well know a lot about them. They have, since their inception, been surrounded by an air of mysticism, and that mysticism has been brought further into the public domain by books and films. So who are the Knights Templar? Well, as to the who, they were initially a military order founded in 1118 by a French knight, Hugh de Payen, who, along with a small number of relatives and acquaintances, were founded to protect pilgrims from the footpads, thieves, robbers and vagabonds that littered the pilgrim trail to Jerusalem. Now, some 12 years earlier, in 1099, Jerusalem was captured from the Muslims, who had been in power there for centuries. The First Crusade was launched at the behest of the then-Pope, Urban II, who painted a picture of a foul and godless race of people preventing Christian pilgrims from visiting the holy city of Jerusalem. Now, this could not have been further from the truth, however, as the Muslims who reigned over Jerusalem recognised the benefit of allowing Christian and other denominations into the city as it increased trade. And far from being a godless and foul race of people, the ruling Muslims encouraged the building of places of worship and monasteries. However, as a result of this, Jerusalem became a very wealthy city and the opportunities for trade and the free exchange of ideas, art, Politics, engineering, mathematics and agriculture did not sit right with the Catholic Church who felt that over time Christianity would be phased out and Islamic teachings and doctrine would become the norm. So as a result of this a call to arms was made by Pope Urban and thousands of knights embarked on the First Crusade eventually overthrowing the ruling Muslims in 1099 and establishing a garrison in Jerusalem. With Christianity restored to the Holy City, the pilgrim trail to Jerusalem from Western Europe became a well-trodden one, and the order set up by Hugh de Payen made their headquarters on the sacred Temple Mount from where the order gets its name, with the blessing of the then ruler of Jerusalem, Baldwin II. Whilst there were some amongst the hierarchy of the Catholic Church that viewed the Knights Templar with a good deal of mistrust and scepticism, they did have their supporters and went from strength to strength, building a strong foothold in Jerusalem, and carrying out their avowed duties to protect the ever-growing number of pilgrims coming into the city. Such was their success that in 1139, Pope Innocent II issued a papal bull, which is uh, similar to a charter or a decree that gave the Knights Templar special rights and privileges, and chief amongst them was that the Knights Templar were exempt from paying taxes. They were allowed to build their own oratories and places of worship, but most significantly, they answered to no one but the Pope, who viewed the order as his private army. As a result of the papal bull, the Knights Templar gained enormous financial influence in the city of Jerusalem and in the surrounding areas. They set up banks and financial institutions and wielded enormous power and influence over the region. The Knights Templar had a strict code of conduct and became a welcome and favoured site to pilgrims making their way to Jerusalem with their recognisable uniform of a white habit with a single red cross. Now, as their influence and financial prosperity increased over the years, the Knights Templar became a primary bank and lender to many European noblemen and monarchs, enabling them to further expand into Western Europe. Not only were the Knights Templars skilled at financial matters, but they were also highly trained and skilled warriors who often defended the city of Jerusalem from the frequent attacks of the Islamic armies. They were also excellent builders and craftsmen and constructed many castles, forts and battlements along the Pilgrim Trail. Now, in the late 12th century, the Muslim armies retook Jerusalem and turned the tide of the Crusades, forcing the Knights Templar to relocate several times. In 1291 the last remnants of the Knights Templar left the Holy Land, returning to Europe. Having been the protectors of Jerusalem and the Holy Land for almost two centuries, by the early 1300s, the Knights Templar were mostly reduced to having their headquarters in Paris. Support for their activities over the years had certainly waned from many religious and political leaders, who remained suspicious of the Knights Templar's power and influence in respect of financial matters. Having their headquarters in Paris led to conflict with the then French king, Philip IV, who had been denied a loan by the Knights Templar. With the continued backing of the Pope, King Philip was powerless to act and set out to destabilise and wipe out the order. As a result, King Philip ordered that on Friday the 13th of October 1307, all Templar knights were to be arrested, which included the then Grand Master at the time, Jacques de Molay. Many knights were tortured and forced into false confessions about heresy, devil worship, financial irregularities, homosexuality and perverse practices. Their lands and properties were confiscated by the crown and subsequently many knights were executed following King Philip's plea to the then Pope, Clement V, to have the order dissolved. The sudden and decisive act by King Philip on that day in 1307 led to the end of the Templars. Or did it? Whilst most historians agree that the Templars were rounded up, tortured and executed, there are a number of historians and academics who believe that a number of the Knights Templar managed to escape and effectively carry on existing as an underground order, and that they still do today. Currently, there are several organisations worldwide that style themselves on the Knights Templar that people can join, with a view to bringing about cultural and philanthropic change. These organisations are primarily concerned with upholding the values and traditions of the original Knights Templar. There are some historians and academics who claim that the Knights Templar, on settling on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, came across and have since guarded religious artefacts and relics, including the Turin Shroud, the Holy Grail, the Ark of the Covenant, and pieces from the cross used in the crucifixion of Jesus. Then... There are those who believe that many of the Knights Templar did indeed escape and make their way further west to the Americas. Now, if that sounds a bit far-fetched, I urge you to watch the Curse of Oak Island TV show aired on the History Channel. Clear evidence of Templar visitation to this island, which lies off the coast of Nova Scotia, Canada, can be found. Now, in addition, there have been many books and films written and produced telling exotic stories about the Knights Templar. More recent books and films focus on the secret operations of the Knights Templar. One such popular novel and film is that depicted in the adaptation of Dan Brown's book, The Da Vinci Code, which presents the theory that the Templars were actively involved in preserving the bloodline of Jesus Christ, which exists to this day. This idea was expanded on earlier in the seminal book, The Holy Blood and the Holy Grail, by Michael Balgent, Richard Lee and Henry Lincoln, And I would seriously urge anyone with an interest in the Knights Templar to read this book. It is an absolutely amazing piece of literature. The Knights Templar also feature in the Indiana Jones movie, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, as keepers of the Holy Grail. Now, one of the lasting mysteries regarding the Knights Templar surrounds their wealth. On the dissolving of their order and the arrest of many of their members, some of their properties were confiscated but a great deal of the Templar wealth has never been discovered. Where is it? Who, if anyone, has control of it? And what is it being used for? Well, that brings me to the end of this week's edition. I hope you enjoyed hearing a bit about the Knights Templar. There are many, many books, films and documentaries on the subjects, so if this little piece has whetted your appetite for more information on the subject, then there is a wealth of information available to you. Thank you for joining me this week, And next week, we will be taking a look at the Mayan civilization. And now it's back to Mel for the rest of the show.
0: Welcome to this week's Household Hocus Pocus, and for a change to the kitchen, we're out in the garden this week. And this week, we're all about pine. Usually associated with Yule and Christmas time, pine is a very useful plant for all kinds of magical purposes. Scent-wise, pine can be used for clearing and creating mental focus, so it's useful for meditation practice. Magical-wise, pine works particularly well in any dragon magic practices and brings a strong protection to any space, while also imbuing a lovely sense of welcome and hospi- hospitality. I put my teeth in again. I wonder if this came with the Vikings then? Use pine oil as a wash to protect and purify the home and pine cones are particularly useful in any fertility and healing spells. So here's a little pine house blessing for you. In a fireproof container light some charcoal and sprinkle some pine needles on top of the charcoal. Then get a pine cone pass the cone through the smoke made by the needles and then keep the pine cone on your hearth at home to attract blessings and peace to your home. And that's pine folks. to this week's Time for Tarot. We're having a look at the sevens this week and as usual we're going to start with the ones. So the seven of ones in the upright position is all about challenge, competition, perseverance, missed opportunities for promotion and a bit of a tunnel vision about work. But it's all about um, striving forward and reaching goals. In reverse, it means the exact opposite, giving up, feeling overwhelmed and being overly protected. On to the Seven of Cups. Now, the Seven of Cups is a bit of a fantasy card. It's all about wishful thinking pipe dreams if you like and choices and wishes that might not necessarily be for the better good of the person who you're reading for love it has love but it's a hard journey so things are stagnating a bit and they need needing a bit more action and motion in reverse it means temptation illusion and diversionary tactics so trying to get out of stuff basically So on to the Seven of Swords. Now, this is an interesting one. I call this card the Once Bitten, Twice Shy card. So there's been betrayal, duplicity, and somebody getting away with something not to happen again. So Once Bitten, Twice Shy, refusing to be hurt again, doesn't want to go there, uh, and trying to come from a more protected position. In reverse, the Seven of Swords is about mental challenges and breaking free from old programming. So finally, we have the Seven of Pentacles. The Seven of Pentacles is all about vision and it's about reaping the rewards of hard work. It's investment, profit can also mean that they've got money, but they're bored. They don't know what to do with it. So they're seeking new ideas. They're wanting to channel new adventures, if you like. But it's around money and it's about security. In the reverse, it means a lack of long-term vision and limited reward. So that's the seven, folks. Next week, we'll be looking at the sixes. that's it for this week folks coming up on the show next week we've got snowflake obsidian as the featured crystal in crystal corner there'll be some more of your listeners questions in mr rams menagerie the Mayan civilization is being discussed in household hocus pocus roses are our featured item and in time for tarot the sixes are the featured cards A big thank you to Buzzsprout for hosting us and for the technical help and advice from the folks at Audacity and Ophonics. A big thank you to my beloved husband and producer, Mr M, for his help and support as always. A massive thank you to you, our listeners, wherever you may be, for your continued support and all your lovely messages. Please subscribe and review our podcast. Your feedback helps us improve the show. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox or via your usual podcast provider. Please visit the website www.thespiritlevel.co.uk where you can book a personal reading with me wherever you are in the world. Enroll on one of the courses. Browse the online store for the crystals that we talk about. Crystal packs, power bracelets, aromatherapy and centre candles or just to get in touch. We always love to to hear from you and don't forget you can send us a voicemail by clicking on the SpeakPipe link in the episode notes or via the podcast page on the website. It's free of charge, no download required. So until next time, folks, look after each other and love and light to you all.